Joe Biden meets with Xi Jinping of China, and it doesn't go well. The Washington Post, in a surprise, complains about the Uyghur genocide in China, and doesn't like Coke, apparently. And the former Chinese dis- and a former Chinese dissident gives a stark warning to the United States. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, well, we got a lot of stuff happening uh, that I'm not going to talk about today. The I got a feeling Kyle Rittenhouse is going to get convicted. The jury is taking way too long for this case. This should have been an open and shut case. There should have been no reason why this kid is being convicted or they're even looking at this. But now it's been a day. They're, the jury is asking questions. It's sure looking like he's going to get convicted. And this is, and if he does, this is going to be one of the scariest things in our, our country will technically be over when we can have political uh, people being convicted and thrown into jail. So we'll have to see what's going to happen. Again, this judge seems, he, the judge made it very, very, very clear that uh, he has not ruled yet on the, uh, the trial, on the um, mistrial. So that still could happen, and we'll have to see what's going to happen if, if that actually does. Uh, also, it uh, looks like Merrick Garland got caught in a lie. A whistleblower released a, a couple of emails basically stating that the Justice Department, through the FBI, was investigating parents. And last month, he said in front of the Senate that they were not investigating parents. So Merrick Garland could be in some trouble. We'll talk about that on Friday when I actually read these emails because they're they're coming out hot and heavy. But there was a there was some important stuff happening. Joe Biden had a three and a half hour virtual meeting with Xi Jinping uh, yesterday, the uh, dictator of China, and it didn't start well for old Joe. The first thing that Xi said was in his greeting. Uh, in his greeting, he referred to Joe as an old friend. Joe, something that Joe Biden and Jen Psaki adamantly said G wasn't. He, they said G was not an old friend. They were, they knew each other. They worked with each other before, but they're not old friends. And the first thing, Jen, uh, the first thing that uh, Xi Jinping, and I'm going to call him Xi because I hate that last name. Uh, the first thing Xi did was call him an old friend. Hey, what this tells you is the Chinese monitor everything that's happening here. Xi knew Biden had been saying a bunch of times in the press and that Jen Psaki said a bunch of times in the press that he wasn't friends with Xi and he didn't trust Xi. So this was a troll. Uh, he knew there's a lot of, he knows there's a lot of friction between Biden uh, and his malthusians, possible malthusians in China, you know, thanks to his son. So this was bad, but it does show a bunch of things that how this meeting was actually going to go. First off, Joe Biden does not is not respected by Xi at all. He he's gonna make fun of him, and and we see in the meeting it was he wasn't respected at all. He sees Biden as weak. He has no business being president of the United States, and Xi is going to take advantage of it. This is also a way to shake Biden up a little bit before the meeting even starts. <clears throat> Something he probably believes is already easy to do because of Joe Biden's weak mind. 
see, here's the thing. Xi knows the United States better than the United States knows China. And he's using this. And we're going to talk about, there's there's something later, a, dis, a Chinese dissident was interviewed. We're, he basically says that. We're, so we are going to talk about this. And it also stated, it also made us realize when Xi decided to play psychological games with with Joe, that nothing was going to get done out of this. No, any demand. And, and the, the kicker is, Joe Biden never demanded anything. He asked. So I mean, Trump would have demanded, "Hey, you gotta stop the genocide. Hey, you gotta you, you gotta do fair trade pack practices." I mean, Trump was very hard on Xi, and Xi, the economy of China, which is still under the tariffs from the Trump administration, China was obliging because they knew they weren't gonna get away with it. They do. They know now that they can get away with it under the Biden administration. So here are some things that happened during the meeting. I mean, it wasn't much. Nothing. The, the Fox News called this the Seinfeld stu- s- summit, and basic he calls it the sign. They call it the Seinfeld stomach because summit because if you remember the old TV show Seinfeld, it was the show about nothing. This is the summit about nothing. Nothing came about it. They talked about climate change, of course. Biden asked, again, Xi to cut down on emissions because China continues to build uh, coal factories and mining factories to create energy, which they're having a lot of problems with right now. And Xi basically said, no, I'm not going to do it. No pushback from Biden, of course. They talked about Taiwan and the one China policy. Now, this was interesting because China stated, China at made the comment about this, not the Biden administration. And he stated that Biden said that he supports uh, he supports the one China policy, which means the entire area on the China, on the um, uh, Taiwanese Strait, all of that belongs to China, including Taiwan and Hong Kong. He believes in that. And he said he does not support Taiwan's independence. So that was interesting. Uh, the Biden administration never really answered that, whether he actually said that. Uh, Xi then threatened uh, Biden over Taiwan and said that if he decided to interfere with with China taking Taiwan back and freeing it from the freedom uh, rebellion, he was uh, Biden was playing with fire. So what we get out of that? No, so nothing was done. They they didn't agree to anything when it came to Taiwan. It means Taiwan is done. Taiwan will be in Chinese hands before the Biden administration is finished. Biden asked Xi to follow through on Trump's trade agreements because they haven't been living up to them. They are supposed to be uh, ordering tons of agriculture goods, and they're way short on that. And China said no. They will do things only based on what's good for China. Considering everyone's starving in China, I'm kind of surprised that this was even a talking point. It sounds like you guys probably need food. But nope, China says what's good for us is good for us. That's it. On the good news, Biden said he's not removing the tariffs off of China. Personally, I don't think we're doing enough with China. I think we should tear off tariff the living crap out of them. And that includes American companies over there. We, You know, those Nike shoes that you pay $250 for? 
I wouldn't mind if you had to pay $500 for them because they're all done under slave labor in China. The origins of the China virus and the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan labs was never discussed. There was no talks about the Winter Olympics in China this year. More on that later, which is a real surprise. I People just never pursued that. Are we still going to China for the Winter Olympics in January? Apparently we are, because that was never talked about. Biden talked about human rights violations by China. She told Biden... Uh, that he would not be lectured about how they do things by foreign governments. He will not. He he was not gonna talk or formulate promises or formulate policies based on what Joe Biden wanted. So basically, the genocide with the Uyghurs will continue. They'll have forced steril, forced sterilizations, forced abortions, re-education, torture, rape, killing of a group because they're Muslim. So that's going to continue on. There are about a, there are about 12 million Uyghurs. And I believe there's, uh, I had heard it was something like 2 million in that concentration camp. So, but who cares? And, uh, this is apparently not enough for the United States to pull the Olympics out of China. So this was really worthless. Uh, but they did win this. China did, did even though nothing was done, China won this whole parade, this whole charade. They said they would continue their unfair trade practices with no pushback. They're going to continue to pump CO2 into the air with no pushback. They're going to continue cyber warfare and stealing our technology. He denied doing it, but he said it happens. They will not alter any of their inhumane practices. They are going to take over Taiwan. They didn't have to talk about the China virus. And they still get to have their propaganda through the Winter Olympics. Putting a show for the entire world and the United States will be there and be amazed at the wonderful country that is China. But worst of all, Xi put Biden in his place. And if needed, if he needed any more confirmation of this, Xi, he knows Biden is weak and he knows Biden is over his head. Be prepared to, for China after this meeting and the one back in, I believe it was March in Alaska. China is going to become more brazen over the next couple of years unless something changes. And I really don't think anything is going to change with this administration. Okay, I was really shocked uh, about this. This is about the Olympics. I was really shocked the Washington Post released an op-ed that really bashed China. Now, the Washington Post has always been kind of pro-China. And I, I, I had to read it to you. Uh, it's called China is Perfecting a 21st Century Method of Destroying an Entire Paper, an Entire People, by Fred Hyatt. The piece is short, but it's important. I liked it. I think the piece does miss some things. And we'll talk about that at the end. It is about the genocide of the Uyghurs and how the Winter Olympics are only going to be played, are only going to be held a couple of hours west of the concentration uh, camp site. It's a short piece, but I think it's very important, and it, I think it's a good read. So let's 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 start it. Let's start it up here. Quote: China's communist leaders, innovative in so many ways, appear to be perfecting a 21st century approach to genocide. 
With the Beijing Olympics less than three months away, will Coca-Cola and other sponsors of the Games celebrate with China while this is taking place? While a few hours flight due west of stadiums and ice rinks, an entire people is being slowly, deliberately erased. This is where I think the Washington Post gets it a little bit wrong. Uh, why shouldn't sponsors go out and do the Winter Olympics? Because nobody in the United States is doing anything about it. The United States is going to compete just like they always do. Also, he really does focus in on Coca-Cola, which I think is a little weird. So I'm not going to blame the sponsors for going over there. If the United States boycotted the Olympics and said we're not competing there at all or we're going to have an alternate Olympics, then I might sit back and say, okay, yeah, why are these guys supporting the Olympics? Because the I don't know what would happen if the U.S. US did boycott, whether NBC would still cover it. I think they probably would. Okay, continuing. We have learned to think of genocide as an industrial scale slaughter, gas chambers, killing fields, mass graves. A report published last week by the U.S. Holocaust Museum, Simon Stott Center for Prevention of Genocide, quote, to make us slowly disappear, end quote, suggests that China may have found a different way, more insidious, if no less monstrous. The campaign against the Uyghur popula population of Western China, a Muslim minority of about 12 million people inside a nation of more than 1 billion, began with conventional discrimination, escalated to intense surveillance and mass detentions, and now includes forcible sterilization and insertion of IUDs. By the way, does that sound familiar? It's kind of like where we're going. Ah, we're going to get to that. Separation of men and women through incarceration, forced migration, and coerced marriages of Uyghur women to men from the ethnic Han majority, and mass kidnapping of Uyghur children taken from their parents and placed in state boarding schools. I find it amazing that the Washington Post actually published this because this is what parents are complaining about in schools now. And the Washington Post through I mean, it's probably right next to another op-ed saying these parents are idiots for protesting critical race theory, critical gender theory, and uh, all of the sort in public schools. I find it absolutely amazing that they're, they're allowed to write this. And by the way, this crap was all over the 20th century, right? I mean, I don't think China has found a better way to, to kill people. And you know who, who did a lot of the killing? Yeah, China under Mao. So, so this stuff is, hasn't, I will go so far as to say China never stopped the genocide. They've been doing it all along. We just haven't, we've been ignoring it. Well, welcome to communism. Okay. Continuing. The campaign, the campaign is not without terrible violence, torture, and killing, as survivor accounts make clear. But the report says it hinges on something else, quote, co coercive interventions of Chinese government to prevent sizable numbers of Uyghurs from coming into being, end quote. That's this forced sterilization and the forced abortions and forcing uh, Uyghur women to marry Chinese men. That's, that's, what, it, that's what they're doing. This, you remember, that's, I, I can't remember what it's called, but that when you mention that in the United States, that's considered racist, by the way. This suggests that the deliberate goal is, quote, to biologically destroy this group in whole or a substantial part. 
One of the missions of the Holocaust Museum is to, quote, to do for victims of genocide today what was not done for the Jews of Europe, end quote. The seriousness with which it accepts the responsibility is reflected in a meticulous caution of well-documented report. Although both Trump and Biden administrations have declared that China is committing genocide against the Uyghurs, the museum says it's, quote, gravely concerned that the Chinese government may be committing genocide. Again, to believe that China stopped committing suicide since Mao is naive. They've always been committing genocide. Any group, any religious group, they've been doing it with. They've been doing it with the, uh, with the monks. The, uh, the monks, they they have been doing this with every group. This is nothing new. Uncertainty is what China wants. It has constructed a formidable information blockade. Uyghur scholars were among the first targets of the mass detention campaign. Foreign scholars, correspondents, and think tank experts are kept out of the Zhejiang region. That's where the Uyghurs are, are kept. Where the crimes are being committed, and increasingly out of China altogether. And China attempts to silence even Uyghurs living abroad by locking up and abusing the relatives back home of anyone who dares speak out. I got some news for you. Uh, this is nothing new. This is not an invention by China. Nazi Germany did this. Uh, the Soviet Union did this. Italy did this. Uh, China did this before Deng kind of opened it up a little bit. So this is... this. Wow, I can't believe they're doing that. No, and they're very open about it. When Google wants to go over there or Facebook wants to go over there, they, they flat out tell Google and Facebook, this is what people can't see and this is what people can't hear on both sides, outside and inside the country. So this isn't, this isn't something new. <clears throat> no one has been more victimized by this barbarity than the reporters of Radio Free Asia, who have done more than anyone in the past five years to reveal the truth. Quote, the Chinese government are very professional on how to hide their crimes, end quote. One of those reporters, I can't pronounce his name, so I won't, said at a forum organized by the museum last week. Hoya, that's his name, about whom I've written before, knows this all too well trying to silence her, I guess it's a her, the Chinese government locked up, as usual, without charge or trial, her brother, her mother, her cousins, their spouses, nearly two dozen relatives at all, uh, in all. Um, see, China's not really hiding it. They're not denying any of this stuff. And they're, ki they're trying to hide it, but they're not doing a great job. They are letting us they're telling us this is none of our business. That murder is none of our business. You know, we did the same thing with Nazi Germany. We kind of ignored it all. But I do have a question for you. Uh, what do you think is happening to the Hong Kong dissidents? Where did they go? Why haven't we heard any protests in Hong Kong anymore? Because they're being picked up and they're being thrown in jails. This happens in China all the time. One of the... I would say immoral things the United States did was nothing when it came to Hong Kong. And we say the same we see the same thing in Cuba. They just had a uh, they just were organizing a new protest in Cuba and before they could protest the dissidents were actually were arrested by the Cuban government. This is how they they stop these people from doing anything. So 
China has been doing all of this stuff, making people disappear since freaking Mao. It's been happening for decades. Okay, here we go. As a result, we have indications, alarming snippets, satellite evidence, but far from the whole story. The report says between one and three million people are detained. Hoya says she believes that the higher number, she believes the higher number, but it can't be proven. The reporter refers to 880,000 Uyghur children being put in boarding facilities, often after their parents are illegally detained. But that's that was only through 2019. Researchers uncover dramatic drops in Uyghur birth rates. In 2019, quote, at least 186,400 few children were born in Zhejiang compared to what would have been expected if the birth rate had remained static from pre-2017 baseline, end quote. The report says, but then China hides more data, so reports are dated, fragmentary, and almost certainly far less terrible than the truth. What is to be done? The report calls on China, which proclaims its innocence, to allow UN-authorized commission access to Zhejiang to investigate. Certainly, it should be at the top of President Biden's agenda when he holds a telesummit with Xi Jinping on Monday. Those are pretty heavy statistics. Uh, and this is just what we know. So chances are it is worth. This is also just with the persecution of the Uyghurs. Like I said, they're doing this with all dissidents. This isn't just the Uyghurs they're doing this to. Of course, Biden is not going to do anything about it. He's weak. He doesn't have any problems with China. He got rich because of China through his garbage son. But worse, Biden wants the United States to be like China. They like their, their socialism over there. So do the Democrats. All this crap they talk about, hey, we just want the socialism of like Norway, which isn't a socialist country. Or Sweden, which isn't a socialist com country. Or Denmark, which isn't a socialist country. They want that. No, they don't. They want it just like what China is. Okay. Hoya puts it more simple. Please, quote, please, I ask the international community, community, break silence, she said. Quote, this is not a Uyghur tragedy. This is a human tragedy. Absolutely correct. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? What would we have done if we had found out German, Germany was killing six million Jews? We ended up going to war, but we, I think we ended up going to war not because they killed six million Jews, but because, be, because Germany was a global threat and Japan actually pulled us into the war. What would we do if we did find out? Every, I, the one thing I can't stand is let's write a letter to China. China doesn't care. The only way concentration camps are going to stop is either a civil war World War Three, or Xi Jinping just suddenly dies and they, they, for some reason, come with a new president that kind of like Gorbachev was with the Soviet Union. And that's very unlikely to happen. So anyway, let's continue with the, the report. Will Coca-Cola and other Olympic sponsors really just pretend none of it, none of it is happening? Quote, we stand with those seeking justice and equality, end quote, Chairman and CEO Quincy, James Quincy declared last year. On his website, the company boasts about being the longest continuous sponsor of the International Olympic Committee because they share the, quote, same core values of friendship, respect, inclusion, integrity, and excellence. 
At the congressional hearing in July, Coca-Cola executive Paul Lally said the sponsors have no say in where the games take place. We support and, quote, we support and follow the athletes whatever, wherever they compete, end quote, Lally said. That may be true. Also true, there will be no justice and equality for the Uyghur women being kicked, raped, and sterilized as the ice dancing competition unfolds. No respect and inclusion for Uyghur infants being seized from their parents as skiers race down the slalom course. Quote, the future of the people may be, depend on swift, coordinated action by global actors, end quote, the report says. That basically means war. Or we all can pretend it's not happening, grab a Coke, and enjoy the games. Like I said, one of the things Hyatt does is, it, it's a great article, it's right on, but one of the things he does is, he really does focus on Coca-Cola. I don't drink Coke because it's bad for me, and because I don't want to give them money. For the reasons he's talking about. I think Coke is a very corrupt, woke company. But he only scratches the surface of the problems. I don't know what Coke did to piss this guy off. But Coke is not the only sponsor of the Olympics. What about Intel, Omega, Panasonic, Samsung, Toyota? And that's just to name a few. They're all supporting the Olympics. They're all sponsoring the Olympics. Heck, you can't go. You won't go through a commercial without somebody say we're official sponsor of the Olympics. I saw two or three commercials with it today. Here's the other thing: What about the companies that manufacture their goods in China, like Apple, Nike, Adidas, Acer, Banana Republic, Crabtree and Evelyn, and Dell? Again, just to name a few, shouldn't they be condemned for using slave labor in China to manufacture their goods just to sell them to us at sixteen hundred percent profit? Hey, that $250 pair of Nikes that you're wearing, yeah, no, it didn't cost $250 to make. It cost about $5 to make. And I, I, we should be talking about this. In, in China, at an Apple factory, the people act, went out and rioted. The factory workers rioted and took over the factory. Some were killed. Because of the poor working conditions. These guys were earning something like $4 a month. And by the way, what about the United States government? He never mentions that. Why aren't we putting sanctions on China? Why are we tariffing the crap out of China to force American manufacturers back to America? Better yet, why are we sending, why are we sending our Olympians to China in three months? I do love the article. Uh, I think it's a great article. It brings up the terror that the Chinese Communist Party is putting upon its people. And all communist countries do the same thing. I wish people... I mean, the Soviet Union had their gulags. Uh, Cuba had gulags. Nazi Germany had its concentration camps. This is nothing new. I think the problem with this article is they say, they act like this is something that's never happened before. Yes, it has. This is this has happened before. It happened all through the 20th century. It's happening in today in Venezuela. It's happening in North Korea. It's happening in China. It's happening in the in, it's happening in Russia. Still happening in Cuba. So yeah, no, I, I, but I I love the description and it's a great question. I just think it should open up questions and I think people should see what's going on over there before they tout this as a great country and a country that we should be emulating. In the last clip, 
Uh, actually, the last story. I, I have a couple of clips from the news show Firing Line. I believe it's on NBC. I'm not sure which it's on. It's either ABC, NBC, or CBS. Uh, on it, a Chinese dissident named Ai Weiwei, he had some dire words for the United States and their condition. Now, if you go to the dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I've got, I have the entire video there, and you could watch the whole video. It's a very interesting interview. Um, the person interviewing him is Margaret Hoover. And she asks the typical left-wing questions that most interviewers ask someone who's talking about uh, who's talking about tyranny. And uh, I, looking at her face, she didn't get the answer she expected. Listen. In your book, you're describing the directives of Mao Zedong during the Cultural Revolution that would be distributed publicly every night. And then you write, this is your quote, they served a function similar to Donald Trump's late night tweets while in office. They were the direct communication of a leader's thoughts to his devoted followers, enhancing the sanctity of his authority. So do you see Donald Trump as an authoritarian? I, well, I don't, you know, he, if you're authoritarian, you have to have a system in supporting you. You cannot just be authoritarian by yourself. But uh, certainly in United States, with today's uh, condition, you can easily have an authoritarian. In many ways, you're already in the authoritarian state. You just don't know it. How so? Many things happens today in U.S. It can be compared to cultural revolution in China. Like what? Like people trying to be unified in certain political correctness, that is very dangerous. Hoover, again, Hoover is just trying to get uh, Weiwei to say that Trump is an authoritarian. And you really see it in her face when he says, well, no, he's not. But that's not the important part of the clip. You are already in an authoritarian state. You just don't know it. What a shocking statement. And it's a shocking statement because there are books out there today that keep talking about the authoritarian state as if we're heading there, but we're not quite there. Well, he's right about Trump not having any system behind him to push it. But Joe Biden has a system behind him that pushes his agenda his authoritarianism. They got the education system, entertainment, big business, big tech, media, uh, social media, even the FBI and the military are becoming, quote, woke. They're becoming leftists. And they've been pushing this authoritarian idea. Look at what Biden actually backs. He, he, he's pushing masking and vaccine mandates. That's authoritarian. The border crisis, so that he can continue to be authoritarian. That is a reason. He is trying to change how people vote in the United States. Allow two million people in here and then give them amnesty. So that the Democrats will have a permanent voting class. That's what uh, uh, Johnson did. Lyndon B. Johnson did in the 60s when he wrote the Civil Rights Act. He said... 
he said, I'm going to have every every N-word voting Democrat for the next 200 years. He said that. The high taxes and inflation and the energy prices, all of this is for controlling people. They don't want you buying so much. They don't want you traveling that much. Your money isn't your money. This is all authoritarian stuff. All of this stuff that Biden is doing is is not a problem. It's a feature. That's why the border crisis, they could end the border crisis this month. They're not going to. They don't want to. They could stop spending $5 trillion a year, $6 trillion a year. They don't want to. Political correctness is the true evil. Because political correctness is in the culture and politics is downwind of the culture. It's evil. It creates groups. Political correctness. Also, intersectionality is what they call it. It creates groups that cannot get along because these groups see themselves as not only right, but divine. And they see the other groups as evil. Look at what they say about conservatives. Look at what they're saying about white men now. You see this on a daily basis with cancel culture. Again, Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Mark Levin, they've all been talking about this. About how we need to avoid getting to that area. Mark Levin actually says we're already there too. But but Weiwei is saying, no, we're here. You're already an authoritarian state in many ways. This is a pretty stark statement. Very uncomfortable. But I do have some good news for you later. So panic not, at least not yet. Here is Huawei uh, saying how political correctness is infecting people. Uh, I, I wasn't going to include this, but I thought, no, that, that's a good answer. And I, I've got some things to say about that, too. You want to go deeper? No. Yeah, because actually that, <laughs> I, that was the next thing I was going to ask you about. So what kind of political correct extremism? I, it's very philosophical. With today's technology, we know so much more than we really understand. The information becomes jammed. But we don't really and really have the knowledge because you don't work, you don't you don't have to act on anything. Mm-hmm. You just think you're purified by certain ideas, you agree with it. That is posing dangers to society, to an extreme uh, divided society. Why do you think that's happened here? I think for a long time, the West material, we, we have much more than we needed. And we are not caring about global situation. But that eventually, all the policies and the politics we play has to be examined under the global situation such as China become a, a very powerful state and, uh, and how West should deal with it. This is brilliant because, because of the language barrier. This point might be a little muddled, but he's saying we're being bombarded with information from things like the internet and social media, but we don't understand that information and we don't have, and it's most of it, is because we don't have a lot of life experience. Then an individual will internalize this information, make it part of their belief system, 
and because a lot of this information only comes in one direction, from one direction, people get that information confirmed. It could be dead wrong. For example, a man could be a man, a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. This is something that's being bombarded. If I call a trans female by his pronouns, I'll get banned from Twitter. There's no debate anymore. So these people, they believe in what they hear. Socialism, same thing. Anytime you meet a socialist, they never they think it's a they think it's a great idea. They think it's the bee's knees. And it's a great idea. But it can never work because people are not perfect and people are not completely alike. That's the whole problem with equality. There's no such thing as equality because everybody is different. But if, if you ask a socialist, but if you ask a socialist, have you ever been to a socialist country? Guess what they say? No. See, that's what Weiwei is saying. He's saying that people don't have the experience, the life experience to know what actually happens in the world. And they make these beliefs they don't debate these beliefs. I kid you not. I've only had one person I've been one or two people that I've been able to debate socialism with. That they will allow me to debate socialism. And a lot of the time, a lot of these people, they don't. They don't even. When you ask them about been to a socialist country, do you understand why socialism doesn't work? They'll actually stop debating you because they don't want to hear it. And that's a real thing. So people are getting all this information, they, they sit back and they give you talking points. You've heard this term all the time. They give you talking points. They give you a narrative. This, the talking points in the narrative are just, just, lines, just lines of words, but they don't understand what the words are. And they have no life experience to confirm or deny the words. This is what's great about having a family who, who I, I've been to two socialist countries. Okay, one of them, China. And I know how terrible it is over there. I've seen it, but I have no extreme experience with it. My family has lived in Nazi Germany, which is socialist, and I, have fam I had family in the Soviet Union. We know what socialism does. So we've got that life experience. The second part he's saying is something that He's absolutely right. And I keep saying we need a war for war in order to get people today out of their little shells. The United States has become fat and lazy. We have it too good. We have it so good, we don't even think we're ha we have it good. Even the poor have televisions, cars, and smartphones. Phones. I, I, I live very um, frugally. I live with people who don't make a lot of money. All of them have cars. All of them have cell phones. We have it so good, people, that people in this country don't look around the world and see what most of the world is going through. Do you really think the LGBTQ crap and racism crap is really an issue outside of this country? Or even inside this country? It's really not. Of course it's not. It's not a it, LGBTQ. I'm sorry if someone beats up 
uh, somebody who's gay, guess what? They're going to go to jail. I mean, it, it, it's really simple. It's not an issue in this country. If we decided to take serious issues like China, Afghanistan, Iran, Russia, everyone would see and look at what they're going through, what their people are struggling with. We wouldn't worry about piddly problems like pronouns. Dude, they're committing genocide in China that is comparable to Nazi Germany. And we're worried about pronoun usage. It's, it's, wow, it's really something. Okay, hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll talk to you on Friday. Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I will be dropping a new video on Rumble. Just go to Rumble, type in Dumbasses Talking Politics, and then uh, if you like the video, give it a little punch. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.